0: I finally got my So I finally convinced my roommates to let me run a game for them. Nice. I I'm kind of scared because it sounds like they want to play more. <laughs> Maybe a bit off more than you can chew there. I need to not involve myself in, any, in anything else <laughs> than what I already have. I also they were like, "Hey, do you want to run a one shot?" I was like, "Yeah, but I just used names and assets that I had already created when I put them in the location they did." So like, they're in a city that you guys have never been to before and i created that city i was just too lazy to look up what the names of the shops were and stuff for that Uh city yeah so i'm just like hey you guys are in uh jatoon but since you want to go buy a sword uh you're gonna be going to the Lion shield coaster (laughs) (laughs) and so
1: just for the audience those are the names of the shops in the town that my character's campaign is in uh, that's funny that these towns are in the same world in your same world uh, and <laughs> they've got the same shop names that's that's entertaining for me to know
0: yeah well basically what's going to have to happen is if they want to keep playing I'm going to have to tell them you need to accept that these ne- that these names are going to change next time you go to Jatoon. <laughs> because <laughs> that was just my lack of caring and not thinking that you guys were going to enjoy it as much as you did and, <laughs> Because I put all this effort into making these different shops for these cities. And for some reason, I just say Lion Shield Coaster when they're in a
1: city that's mainly (laughs) consisting of dwarves. All that, I mean, you've already did all that work and you just... Just threw it down the drain. <sighs> I know. It,
0: well, it wasn't the most unintentional thing. Like, I didn't have the names because I didn't have the internet. And uh, so yeah. mm-hmm. instead of just saying, like, there's a name for this, I just don't have my notes with me. I just said, mm-hmm. like, this is the Lion Shield coaster. And that guy's name is Harbin. And <laughs> that was that was not the most um, forethinking for that I've done in my life.
1: <laughs> That's just great. That's, that's pretty entertaining. Yeah, so
0: we'll see where that goes. But I am glad that they enjoyed it.
1: Be prepared for uh, my character to make some snarky meta meta comments on that whenever we get to that town. Good.
0: I I look forward to it. <laughs> you may have heard of it. We'll, uh, we'll find out later. Yeah, we'll see. If we even make it there. I don't know. <sighs> so I got the show notes pulled up here. Your adult kitchen upgrades? Adult kitchen upgrades. I'm glad that I remembered just now when you told me. Because I... Read that a couple days ago, and I had no idea why I wrote that down. (laughs) We just got a new fridge, and that was it. But for me, that is substantial to my life because my attitude, I I give a lot of my control to the quantity of milk that's in the fridge at any Uh. point in time. It's a real Debbie Downer when I wake up in the morning, and I just want a nice glass of milk. I act like I pour a glass. I'm a bachelor. Nobody else eats my stuff. I just drink it out of the gallon. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I can't. I gotta be honest. I can't remember the last time I poured myself a glass of milk, but
1: <laughs> uh, I know that I know that feeling. I poured myself a glass of apple juice today. I don't know why I haven't drank apple juice in months, and I used ice. I put ice in it, man. Ice in a cup. You're fancy it. Yeah. Uh, our ice doesn't come out of a dispenser out of the fridge. It's just it just gets made in the freezer in the drawer. Yeah. And it just has its own little like part of the shelf where all the ice is. Yeah. So you just got to grab it out with your hand like a barbarian and just like (laughs) put it in your cup. Well, I'm sure some people have little scoops for
0: that. But yes, I imagine you grab it like a barbarian. Not Not us. The fridge was several weeks ago, so I've already become complacent with the new space that I have in the fridge. I'm able to hold really as much milk as I want. Uh, I can go back to Costco and get milk from Costco now. So that's...
1: (laughs) Man, stepping up in life.
0: I feel like a child every time, but the joy that I get out of it is not proportional to my age. Every time I walk into that the freezer or the fridge in Costco, and it's just like it's like the cold room. I love I love that.
1: It's so good.
0: I see people that, they'll stay like outside and they'll send one of their family members in. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like I will set my bed
1: up right here. Man, yeah, last night it was 72 degrees, and I woke up sweating. That's 72 degrees. I woke up sweaty. I need that 65 to be comfortable, to be really comfortable. It's got to be cold.
0: I don't have the uh, financial positioning to maintain. Oh, neither <laughs> <laughs> do no, I.
1: not absolutely
0: not. That's why it's sets so high when I was living with my parents, it worked out in a way that there was like a separate hallway that had two bedrooms there. And that has its own section for the HVAC. So I could, I could mess with the, with the air conditioning there and not mess with the rest of the house. And they let me perpetually keep that side of the house at 62 degrees. And I'll tell you what, like that may have been the most peaceful time of my life. (laughs) Cause sometimes I do, you know, if I've been in the house for a while, I get cold. uh, I can just put a sweatshirt on. And then the comfort just just goes even higher, because then I'm comfortable and I have a nice switcher on.
1: Exactly. It's blankets with me. If my feet are cold, uh, I'll put a nice big blanket on my lap. And then, oh man. And if I still get cold, I'll put another one on my shoulders and I'm just happy as a clam. (laughs) I'll sit. Our couches are in the basement or the one couch in the basement is uh, right underneath the air conditioning vent. And so when the air conditioning comes on, it blows Arctic wind onto the couch. And it's my favorite spot because I can just like lay on some blankets, just lay under some blankets and just like feel the coldness trying to creep in. And I just, ah, it's so relaxing. It's so good. I've heard some people, they'll use those
0: pads that heat up for your back, Mm, but they'll just put it on the ground and put their feet on it. Um, Mm. And that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's a good idea. So people that are at the desk a lot are, and that was especially a problem in whatever our restrictions for the building were. Mm-hmm. I never had this issue. I never wanted a heater around me, obviously. I worked with a lot of women that were just cold all the time. But the only kind of heater that they could put, it was it was like a metal plate. And you had to be like within an inch of it to feel any kind of heat. But that was the only thing you could put in the building for a heater.
1: Man, that's so weird. It's so weird. Cold? that My experience is that women are, they just get cold so fast. Uh, my wife, especially, she like, she's frozen out at like seventy degrees. She's freezing cold. And like I said, I wake up in sweats if it's higher than seventy. Like Yeah. uh, And she like she wants to cuddle and be close so she can warm up. But her body temperature is like five (laughs) hundred thousand degrees. It's like cuddling with a tailpipe on a motorcycle. It's so hot. (laughs) You tell your wife that (laughs) Yes, all the time. All the Uh, time.
0: That is that is a compliment like like I've never heard before. (laughs)
1: There's a grace period. There's a wi- there's a very small <laughs> window right when we get into bed where we can uh, cuddle, but about two minutes, a minute and a half to two minutes in, I am like beating sweat on this on the side of my body that's closest to her. Yeah, it's just like a sauna, <laughs> and and she knows. We've talked about it. She knows like my skin's starting to blister because it's so hot. It so you need to roll. Start away the now. timer. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I think yeah. that I think all that is is just like the laws of nature that your spouse is going to have different, uh, different things on uh, temperature than you. I don't think it would be yeah, normal that's, if you guys uh, were on the same page. Probably. Luckily, my I'm very grateful to have roommates that don't want to spend money on stuff. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. in the summertime, we don't leave it hot, but we don't spend a lot of money to keep it cold. But in the wintertime, it's a war zone. You, you would walk out and it's like winter in Russia. <laughs> we'll have a guest walk into the, walk into the home and they'll think yeah. that like something's broken in the house. Like, no, this is,
1: it'll <laughs> no, naturally live. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> That's wonderful. We just take, we just take advantage of what we have. That's very nice. Yeah. Plasma. That whole thing is already like started and ended.
1: I, I've already like
0: <laughs> started giving plasma and I've already stopped. Mm-hmm. Because the beginner, <laughs> like the beginner,
1: oh yeah, yeah, you you did tell me about that. I don't know if we recorded that, but you did tell me about that. So that was
0: that was great for the four donations that I gave. That was a that was a nice <laughs> sum of money. It's a sum of money that I still don't have because it's just sitting on that card. But mm-hmm. eventually, when I remember, when I'm driving around to uh, to go pull it out, that'll yeah. be a nice surprise for me. It's like remember, it's like reaching into your pocket and finding money kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So first, reaching into a different bank account. To find more money, It's good as cash. So I
0: I kept asking him like, "Hang on, I'm gonna sneeze here, and I don't want to f up anything I'm about to say on the recording." <laughs> I've also mastered the art of stopping myself from sneezing.
1: What, dude? I well, chase it's... them out, man. I'll force more out. I love sneezing. Really? I love well, sneezing. It's,
0: it was a. I did this quite a while ago when I was when I was working at the gym. Mm-hmm. It was quite a couple years ago, and I realized that if I just breathed in really hard with my nose, <laughs> I was solid. <laughs> That's psych, And, well, if I'm sitting here on a collection call, like, they're already pissed at me. Like, I don't need to sneeze in their face. They're already
1: pissed at you. Just sneeze at them. Won't change anything. And it's...
0: Well, it's just... (laughs) If I'm doing a tour with somebody around the gym, I do not need to sneeze in my arm or like in my shoulder or something. So it's just, it's uncivilized. Okay, I'm going to say it. I'm not ashamed. Wow. I'm not ashamed to say it. Wow. And especially for this, like, let's say I'm bringing, getting out of my car and the people are already getting out, like, walking out of their door, coming up to my car to grab their food. Mm -hmm. Because they obviously don't see that they selected leave a door. And... (laughs) Uh, I'm, as I'm about to grab the food out of the car, I need to sneeze. This, oh. during these times, like, this oh, is not yeah. a good, uh, that, that is not a good time to sneeze.
1: Uh, 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 yeah, I get that. I, I, I actually do get that.
0: And so, it's very important that I don't mess, because, uh, you know, I, i it's never happened before, because I don't <laughs> sneeze, but, <laughs> like, if, if somebody, like, during these times, I'm not the biggest health nut right now, as it is, but, if somebody was, like, giving me my food these days, and they sneezed, and be like, mm, you can
1: take food, like, <laughs> nah, it's fine. I'm good. Yeah, I, I kinda get that. But there's something wrong with you. Just holding back sneezes. I get that
0: it's an important thing. I kid you not like you've heard I remember you like exclaiming from upstairs when I would sn- like when I would sneeze at ten or
1: eleven at night. I don't remember. That. Like right before Yeah.
0: Like I would sit there and I'm grabbing the last of my things and everybody else is like heading to their heading to their rooms. Mm-hmm. And I sneeze and I just hear this
1: like what the f-? <laughs> I don't remember that <laughs> at all. At all. So, like... No Because like, the thing
0: for me is when I when I sneeze, like, it hurts to, like, keep it quiet. Okay, it so it's really to, like, loud. To, yeah, it's a really loud okay. sneeze. And it hurt, like, it physically hurts my chest uh-huh. and my head to, like, try uh-huh. to keep the sneeze quiet. Uh-huh. And so I just let it. I just let it do its thing. Like, it earned its place in the forefront <laughs> of my actions at that very moment. Like, it gets to do whatever the heck it wants. <laughs>
1: I see. Okay. It probably startled me or something. That place that place was spooky, man. (laughs) I you were telling me like it's a it's a
0: spooky place at night.
1: (laughs) I only worked a few like overnight shifts, but man, I did not like those at all it was spooky yeah
0: you told me about one of them uh, where you were in the living room or in the dining room or something and you were not about it didn't
1: like it didn't like it at all yeah, i wouldn't uh man i wouldn't one, either one night uh just real quick the power goes off in the building like all of yeah. the power just like cuts and then it cuts off at like 10 o'clock and it's in like probably october november so it gets like really dark really early so it c- the power cuts off like 9 30 and 10 uh, and so it is just like absolute pitch darkness not your normal everyday darkness but like advanced darkness and then antonio texts me and he's like hey uh alex is gonna be late are you okay to stay till like 11 and i'm like why no of course." <laughs> uh, <laughs> And so I'm just sitting there in the pitch black, just like trying, trying so hard to keep my wits about me because <laughs> it's just spooky, man. It's spooky. I didn't like it, I wasn't about it. And so uh, I obviously survived, no poltergeisty uh, shenanigans uh, happened and it was all good, but I didn't like it. I did not like it. There's
0: like the kind of darkness when you're in a house that's like street side in whatever neighborhood that has street lamps or you're close enough to other houses where it's not like, it's mm-hmm. not like pitch black. Even at night there is still some kind of light coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Not- and then there's, and then there's that place that yeah. isn't around anything.
1: It's on, it's on a five acre lot in the middle of the freaking desert, like in the middle of the desert. There's, there was nothing. There was no, I mean, the road you take out to it has no streetlights. It's this back road to nowheresville, like nobody drives it. There's no lights for miles and the power goes out and there is just absolute pitch darkness and I hated it. Oh, I hated
0: it. I was about to say, like, maybe the driveway lights would be on, but obviously they nope. wouldn't be on. Nope.
1: So, there was nothing. Uh, especially,
0: in my mind, I already think things start getting suspicious when you drive over that bridge, and there's those weird things that they've never completed on the side of the road <laughs> next to that bridge. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's, already, that's already kind of tipping the scales, like something's <laughs> off here. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was that's uh that was always fun. I got to explain that lots of times. Yeah, I imagine. It's not okay.
0: Bridges are important things. They need to be finished. I swear to the tri cities even through this through this but if epidemic. They lead, the if tri-cities... they don't
1: lead anywhere, then why finish them? That bridge was literally to nowhere.
0: Yeah, that's the sketchy part.
1: That's the part I'm not okay with. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, I don't know uh what I don't know what happened there politically, but uh shenanigans happened. Probably. It's like an episode of Eureka. uh, Was
0: Eureka ever a a show
1: that you watched? I loved Eureka, man. I watched every single episode. I was so sad when it ended. That just makes me think.
0: Oh, yeah. Eureka, Merlin, and Psych are my top three favorite shows. It's awesome.
1: I've watched a few episodes of Psych. I've never seen Merlin.
0: They're all kind of like, I like them because they're all pretty much the same show. (laughs) <laughs> as far as there's something kind of serious, mm-hmm. but the actors are, have a kind of a humor between each other. Yeah. 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 So that it's pretty much the, it's, it's three of the same show. So that's why I like them. Yeah. But obviously the first episode and she's like driving through the bridge through like the crumbling bridge. Uh-huh. That's just what that would always make me think of. Like, <laughs> yo, there's, there's some, there's some stuff at the end of that bridge. We yeah. just gotta commit. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there was. We just gotta get Van'd off and we just gotta go. It's got to
1: drive it right off the cliff. You, I mean, you remember that the west side of that bridge was directly off of a sheer cliff. Yeah. You remember that, right? Yep. There was no, yep. I mean, it was just a
0: valley. Hey, the beginning of Eureka, that bridge was in the middle of a valley. I'll have
1: you know. But, it, it I mean, there was a bridge there. There's not yeah. a bridge. Yep. There's not a bridge down in St. George. It's just the pylons to support a bridge. There's nothing yeah, there. Well, that just means they didn't.
0: The pylons, I don't have anything about the pylons. I didn't like the power. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, there, it was. Yeah, it's weird. I know.
0: I was gonna ask. I keep, I kept forgetting to ask about it. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, higher tips than origin than like what originally it was going to be on door. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I said it had only happened to me once, and that is still the case. And you said it happens to you fairly frequently in comparison. Yeah.
1: I mean, it just happened to me last week.
0: I feel like I need to make a clarification because I don't think we're on the same page on this. So there is at the end of the order. You complete it and a little dollar thing comes up and it says like 1475. And then at the bottom, it says like was originally 975. Is that uh-huh. is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. What I'm talking about is that and then your order is complete. People can physically like go into the app to previous orders and give you more money like days uh... later
1: yeah yeah so that yeah. has happened but only on uh walmart grocery orders okay
0: yeah that's okay that's what i'm that's what i'm thinking
1: okay um, yeah so that's maybe happened like twice total
0: yeah and i never do walmart grocery orders through
1: DoorDash. they suck don't do um, them they're horrible
0: well, that's because, I mean, we, we've already talked about this. Yes, we Cause like, I have Spark, and so I've already watched this order. Like, I can see it on the map, and it's mm-hmm. the same map. And there's a reason that I didn't take it the, for the past <laughs> two hours on Spark. And so I'll, there's no reason why I'm going to take it on DoorDash <laughs> for literally a third of the pay. Wow. Because it tries, if it gets to the end of the hour, and nobody's taking it up, mm-hmm. and it's getting down to the wire, Spark will, will push it on you, and it'll get up to, like, 15 or 16 bucks to, uh, to do it. Yeah. And if, if it's just sitting there, it's for a reason. You can tell just however many dozens of people are doing it on uh-huh. Spark. It's like this weird feeling of like you're alone and you don't know any of those other people, but you are fully aware that you are watching this order and uh-huh. not doing anything. And you're doing that along with dozens of people that are just all not watching. taking this. And then it goes away a couple minutes later. You see it come up on DoorDash You're like, mm. <laughs> and it's, it was like 16 bucks. And then it comes up on DoorDash for like $4, man. This is a great idea now. So I Couldn't good. think of what could go wrong. Mm-hmm i was good. just and then a to,
1: like that always takes them on DoorDash. Ugh, you can never... I'm desperate on DoorDash. I don't know about your
0: Walmarts, but for me, it always seems that as soon as, like, four cars show up in the parking lot at whatever Walmart, mm-hmm. their software just, like, has a meltdown.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's... Uh, I don't know about every time, but, uh... I'd say a substantial enough amount of times that I I always just kind of roll my eyes as I'm clicking the accept button because I know there's going to (laughs) be, I know there's going to be drama with it, but I do it anyway because I need the money.
0: I go there and I see this guy walking up with a clipboard (laughs) and I just verbally groan and I'm like, you got to be, and they'll come up to me and they're like, what's the name? And I'm like, guys, like you're the, you're the seventh person. In the past forty five minutes to come up and ask me that question. Like how are how are there even this many people oh my gosh, in the yeah. building? And <laughs> then forty five minutes later they'll come up tell me, like, hey, you had John, right? I'm like, yeah. They're like, Oh yeah, somebody already came and picked up that order half an hour ago.
1: Oh, that's the best. I've had a very similar experience to that. That was that sucked. That was the worst.
0: It feels really good when my hourly is just doing great and then I sit at Walmart for an hour and a half <sighs> and just like watch the numbers fall. <laughs> Oh, I think man. it's okay I didn't want money anyways usually I'll just if it's Spark I'll, I'll just drop the order because because mm-hmm. on Spark theoretically they're I have asked them because I feel like I don't want to do it if there's any like I feel bad and and I'm not a jerk and I also don't want to do anything that affects my account mm-hmm. so I've asked them is is there anything wrong with taking myself off an order at any point in time other than if I already have the groceries and they keep telling me they're like nope you can just remove yourself if you went to the store and then you're taking yourself off you get paid Half the amount since you arrived Mm -hmm. And in my head I'm like there's no way this is sustainable You guys are going to update this policy soon yeah, what that happens sounds
1: is, great for you, but yeah. Yeah, and not it's, great yeah, for it's, the it's, business. It, yeah,
0: What ends up happening as well is because there's no consequences to taking an order and then dropping it, mm-hmm. good orders will go very fast, obviously. They'll pop yeah. up and, and somebody will take them. And so you have to click on the order to see like where it's going and all that. And the order will come up and people will just accept it right away, look at it, and then drop it if they don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> So there's a huge turnaround. Like you can see an order within the course of two hours, you can see an order pop up 10 times Wow. Uh, on the thing because it'll just come back up. Somebody will take it, look at it, drop it. whole rotation will go through again. So on Spark, I'll just drop it. But on DoorDash, obviously, you yeah, have completion rating.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: When I took this order, I couldn't drop it. I couldn't afford it. And so I was stuck with this order for as long <laughs> as it took. And if that if that meant I was there for three hours, I was there for three hours because it was the end of the month and I didn't have any other orders that I could drop because I had to stay above 95. Yep. Ugh. That was fantastic. But thus is the name of the game.
1: Yeah, that's true. My
0: th- my whole thing was I'm not trying to make like more money than I was making before in other jobs. Mm-hmm. I would like to make the same amount of money, and I would like to work the least amount possible so I can do my other <laughs> stuff. So yeah. what it turns into these days is I just have an alarm at like 4 p.m. on most weekdays uh-huh. just saying, like, you lazy man. <laughs> you at
1: least, at least go do something during the rush hour. <sighs> That's so. <laughs> That's the dream though man. Yeah. Honestly, if I wasn't married and had three kids, I'd be in the exact same boat, man. But uh, it's just it's not it's not sustainable as a as a family man, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. Definitely. I uh, my brother just got
0: his Cause some of the testing centers have started opening up Mm -hmm. brother got his realtors license and that's kind of something I'm looking at Mm -hmm. because me and him, I don't know if I mentioned before, but my family did start a real estate business for everything. Yeah, you did. Mm -hmm. I've always had
1: an interest in that. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, I've got a number of aunts and uncles. Well, my one aunt did that. For, like, years, I think. I actually don't know what she did, like, what they did for work their whole lives. But they're retired now. They're, like, maybe. Yeah, they're in their 50s, but they own their home. It's super nice home. Super great area. Uh, they're very comfortably retired. And now my uncle just goes fishing, like every week <laughs> and I was over at the house before the holidays and we were talking about fishing and I expressed interest in going fishing more and he was like oh yeah we go like every Wednesday and sometimes Monday also and sometimes we'll also go on Saturday so up to three times a week you know if we're feeling good <laughs> My jaw just hit the ground. Uh, Teach me. (laughs) Teach me the
0: ways. Do they... I never know how that works. So when somebody goes fishing that often, do they just like catch and release? Or do they just Um, have a never-ending amount of fish in their freezer? I think he catches and
1: releases. I do know there is a limit on your license as to how many fish you can keep. I do not know if that is a daily limit if that is a weekly (laughs) limit if it's a monthly limit I'm fairly certain it's not a yearly limit because that'd be crazy and it might even be based on where you're fishing like what lake or reservoir you're fishing at yeah that's that's something I I should probably look into since I uh you know I'm such an avid fisherman now. I was mentioning it to somebody else
0: because I always say I've been fishing once and I don't think I'd ever go fishing again. But that was close to 15 years ago now. Mm-hmm. So honestly, wouldn't be able to say if I would enjoy fishing. So I'll have to I'll have to go and do it again. You
1: know I had a very uh, very similar experience. I went fishing as a child at family reunions and such. Uh, never caught anything. Got bored. Hated it or told myself I hated it. And then last summer when fishing cut something, cut a lot of things actually, at my wife's grandparents lake house and now I'm hooked can't stop All I think it's one of the very few things I can't stop
0: thinking about I love it it wasn't ever a thing of boredom for me because I don't obviously I eat fair portions of meat and <laughs> I could care less if other people go hunting and bring me meat uh, but I couldn't ever even fish or kill the fish or go hunting somebody took me hunting once I have no idea why that was a <laughs> stupid decision on their part Because and we've talked about it before I have the same opinion of like I could care less other people that have guns I just don't <laughs> want mm-hmm. a gun mm-hmm. and yeah, gave me a pistol they went down like into the valley and they put like a target on a piece of wood uh-huh. and i shot that thing and the only thing i could think was like my hand hurts like like the world's <laughs> over like <laughs> it was some kind of magnum thing oh really and
1: yeah that's mean give a kid a magnum did it look like a big cowboy gun yeah, yeah. okay it was probably a 44 magnum and that's, that's so true. mean it's-
0: it was not, uh, it was not fun. And I like gave them the gun back and they're like, do you want there's like six more bullets in that gun. I was like, I, like, I'm not going to have my right arm if I shoot six more bullets out of this gun. Like this is self-preservation, this action right here to give it back to you. Uh-huh. And so I shot a 22 rifle. Is that what uh-huh. it is? Yeah. That, you know, the thing that's at every large scout camp. Yeah, yeah. I got my merit badges at some ridiculously young age. I never had anything to do mm. for like the five years that I went to scout camp. Nice.
1: That's the best way to do it, man.
0: I can't remember a scout camp that I actually went to and I actually did merit badges. I would always <laughs> just go there and I just rode horses, helped other people with the horses because at the time I was riding horses a lot. Uh-huh. Um, or just spent time on the range shooting those 22 rifles. Yeah. I got to some stupid rank in the <laughs> NRA. Wow. And I lost the patches immediately. So I have no I know oh, what I am. Darn it, man! There was one or two guys because we, you know, we did it. You know, this big area in the northwest, we would do it in somewhat the same place. This guy would just be ready for me every every year when I would come <laughs> up. Hey, is this kid nice?
1: Oh, good old scout camp, man! Can you? Okay,
0: I do. If you'll allow us to include it in, um, I looked as soon as you put it in. First time DMing. Oh, that's. Yeah, I mean, how much time? Is that a long story? Um, a, well, I mean, a long it's a
1: discussion. A, it's a question and it can be as long or short as you make it because it's a question for you. So I've mentioned to you this uh, Dungeons & Dragons campaign that I found for preschoolers. It's called The Adventures with Muck, and it's this Wizards of the Coast published free resource book, uh, full of all these like coloring pages and like activity pages for kids. Um, and it also comes with, uh, a bunch of like story hooks, like campaign hooks and character sheets and stat blocks for monsters. Uh, so you can have as detailed or as vague an adventure as preschool kids are capable of. And, uh, so I got that for my kids and we've played one time, We've played one time. I've tried several times, but it always... The last couple times we've tried have devolved into WWE WrestleMania over who gets to play what character. So it, it didn't
0: work out. It's okay. But, I just did it for 20-year-olds, and, uh, and they had the same experience.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh Yeah, it was like professional wrestling smackdown over who got to be the the fancy goblin with the fancy mustache. (laughs) Freaking kids, man. But anyway, uh, I was able to run one successful session. It lasted maybe 20 minutes. And it was for my own kids. And it was such a special experience for me. You know, Dungeons and Dragons is a game I really enjoy. And I love my kids. And so getting to mix those two things was awesome. And being able to kind of teach them how to play a little bit. Uh, I mean, I do all of the rolling and I basically just ask them what they want to do. And uh, I handle all the mechanics on my end. But, uh, you know, teaching them how to play Dungeons & Dragons and playing it with them and, like, telling this story cooperatively with them was so much fun. I just enjoyed it so much. And I've read Reddit posts kind of talking about similar things that Dungeon Masters, when they take through first-time players, is, like, a cool thing or whatever. Uh, So my—after all that, that was all the lead-up for this little question— uh, my question for you is: I am a first-time player, or I was a first-time player in the, this campaign that we that you are running for our group, and so I was wondering if there was uh, any any similar experiences on your end, uh, being a dungeon master for a first-time player.
0: Uh, yeah, there's a lot of similarities with it, and I think. The age difference gives you the opportunity you get to kind of change some things up or, you know, be interactive in a different way um, since they're a lot younger. Mm -hmm. And you don't uh, with the age of your kids, you're not necessarily running a seven hour session. Right. Um, And yeah. So I have this group and you uh, I think Tanner mentioned that he had played a little bit uh, Mm -hmm. before before this. Mm -hmm. Steven was was fairly experienced, but you were new. And then in my other campaign, there were three folks that had never played before. Wow. Um, so they were new. And then and then the other ones, they had really just... It was a very... They were leaving another session because they were really getting railroaded on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was certainly intimidating for me because they are talking about this bad experience. And then they're coming to me to run a game for them <laughs> at the time. Because uh, their group started first. And it was last August or something. Mm-hmm. And they came up to me and they're like, hey, you know, we're starting this group. Do you want to run a game? And I'm sitting over here having just started playing not two months ago myself. Uh (laughs) And before that, I had not even, I had never touched Dungeons and Dragons. I didn't know what it involved. I looked kind of judgmentally at people that played. Mm -hmm. and, And so that was a very intimidating thing for me. Yeah. And yeah, I was not an experienced DM when I was going through with new players uh, for a lot of time. And so, actually, this most recent experience I had this this last week with my roommates that was actually the, you know, I was I consider myself a little bit more knowledgeable. I was in a room of people that none of them had played D and D before, so they were all kind of learning it at the same time. Mm -hmm. so that was a lot different before i was acting like i knew what i was doing but really we were just learning the game together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whereas now like i was was comfortable and i was able to kind of go through with them and actually kind of focus on kind of the experience they were having so Mm -hmm. i don't know if any of that answers your question but like telling a story cooperatively that's a very satisfying thing to experience yeah and kind of seeing where It's always interesting to see like what I create versus like what in my head where I think things are going to naturally go Mm -hmm. and kind of create stuff around that. And then when it comes out and I narrate it to you guys, the complete opposite (laughs) either idea or direction or impression of of the thing is and Mm -hmm. that's always funny to me is like the amount of times that i've like created this thing that i think is like obviously interesting and leads to a path of these other things Mm -hmm. and instead like this random detail that i put in there that (laughs) just kind of came naturally Uh to better explain what i actually wanted to talk about that small detail is what is focused on for the next three sessions
1: Um, oh, that's so good!
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's it's very interesting, and it's I love stories. I you know I I read. Yeah so much when i was a kid and i really pride it you know it was it was always cool but it was always such a dauntless this gray just oblivion thing like (laughs) obstacle that i always thought about trying to get over when trying to tell any kind of story Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because i was always just aware enough to see that there was weight there was just so much to it yeah and so i'm still nowhere near you know anything that a lot of these a lot of these people do uh it's it's very satisfying to go through and just on the world building end. you know i always sit there and i always it always sucks in the beginning trying to like get things going on whatever i'm trying to create whether it's a town like something as big as a city or something as small as a single like book mm-hmm. like trying to sit there and figure it out but then once mm-hmm. i do and i have the same experience today because i don't really do any kind of work on days that i have D and i just kind of do world building uh-huh. like a fair portion of the day was me just like try like forcing myself to put something together but then once i had something then all of a sudden like the connections start being made and then like like family members that i you know didn't even think of and didn't even think were were relevant i you know it all of a sudden seemed natural to to put them in and like what's what's their story and what's happening and and um, Mm -hmm. then things start rolling and then it goes to the opposite ends of the spectrum where things are going faster in my head than i can even get them down so (laughs) at the beginning of the day i have nothing and at the end of the day i have like sticky notes around my desk because i can't even type stuff into world anvil as quickly as i want to and so like i have to get ideas down on sticky notes like I need to finish this character before I go to this character's uh, sister's husband um, <laughs> and talk about his stuff like even though I thought of a great wow. thing for him and what the connection is and, and all that. so that's a very that's a very mm-hmm. long answer to your question but but yes, it's uh, the, a lot of those experiences are present as well.
1: Nice. Yeah so, my uh, for me like uh, I do story time with my kids at bedtime. Uh, yeah. every night I, <laughs> sometimes I make up a story just like procedurally as I tell it. And and those are kind of the funnest ones for me, because they're just like, for example, tonight, these two adventurers were trying to stop a zombie apocalypse by finding an ancient gorilla statue with a ruby in one of its eyes that would shoot a laser that would heal the zombies. But at the end, the archaeologist turned out to be evil, and he tried to kill the adventurers with the monkey statue that doesn't heal, but it actually destroys and so then they had to figure out how to defeat the the evil archaeologist. Yeah. But being able to like go through to go through a story like that with a little bit more parameters with my kids having input sometimes equal sometimes more input than me uh, mm-hmm. on on how the story plays out that is just that's so fun for me to to to, to hey, tell the story to get to the end of the story to see what happens and to also see how their little imaginations work and see see how they see the world, get a little glimpse of how they see the world and how to solve problems. Uh, yeah. It's, just, yeah, it's really, really satisfying.
0: There's probably one of the things that I enjoy the most is when I'm just sitting there not saying anything and the players mm-hmm. are just interacting with each other or doing things that don't really need any of my input Mm -hmm. stuff that you have in your inventory or stuff with your spell book or or anything like that. I don't have to, I don't have to narrate everything. Like if, if somebody has something in their inventory or if they have something that the players are trying to work out together and they already have the environment, Mm -hmm. they get to just go through it themselves amongst amongst each other. Yeah. And it's just awesome for me to just like, I've, I see those DMS and I, and I listen and I watch d games where the DMs really try to involve themselves in everything. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do that just out of not really realizing it and just out of habit and feeling like I need to put my input on on whatever's being said.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But, but that's definitely not the case all the time. And like I said, my most favorite thing is when I'm just sitting there not saying anything and the players are just interacting with each other or or just really taking control of the of the scene Um, and i think that's awesome because like you said you kind of laid a a really simple thing out and you just kind of get to see like minds work and stuff develop just like in front of you and it's really awesome yeah and obviously with your kid because you're you know you're you obviously care a lot about i don't care about what goes through my players heads as much as you care about what goes through your kids heads yeah i've got a
1: little more invested in the in their psychology yeah (laughs) and And how they want to stab and kick and punch the, the witch's <laughs> eyeballs out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's something I'm uh, working on with them is how to solve conflict without kicking the witch in the eyeball.
0: They're uh, they're saying this to you as Maddie looms over your shoulder.
1: Yeah, she was She was sitting on the couch in the next room, just rolling her eyes and shaking her head. It was fun. Though. It's fun, though.
0: I really just enjoy kind of opening people's eyes a little bit. Because D&D, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, is the same mindset I had last year with uh, D&D. Everybody just thinks like, oh, it's a game of imagination. But it's been significant to me that everybody watches TV and everybody goes and goes to the movies. Yeah. But the drama club in middle school has like a stigma around it. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's just... Those two, like those two things, having such a different mindset Mm -hmm. is so fascinating to me because obviously those kids become the actors. Right. uh, And then those actors are all of a sudden, I don't really care about them being stars, but it's just, it it becomes a thing that people, like it's completely accepted Mm -hmm. and everybody watches TV and everybody watches a movie. Right.
1: Then now they're the kids in the drama class are all anybody talks about, you know, when they're grown up and movie stars.
0: Yeah, everybody not necessarily everybody reads reads books, but there's absolutely no stigma around a book mm-hmm. and and everybody can really like if a book has a good story, like you can really get into it, whether that's reading a book or an audiobook or if that story from that book becomes a TV show that people are interested in. Right. But there's a big stigma around D&D. Yeah. And, and I look at all these like authors, like how many authors that I keep up with that played D&D in the past how many similarities there are to making a world in D and D uh, and writing a book. Yeah. And in general, like that's a much, like I have a lot less fear about writing something now that I know how to build a world. Mm-hmm. It's just super interesting to me. Like everything about that is just really interesting that the, the, the beginning of this and the whole thing of like, in my mind, like I'm creating a story with, mm-hmm. it, and it's happening like right then and there. Yeah. And there's a big portion of people that like video games that have a stigma on D and D and there's a big portion of people that read books or watch TV shows that have a stigma on D and D. Yeah. And in reality, it's like the best of both worlds.
1: Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I mean, so. it's, yeah, we've kind of touched on it, but it's basically just storytelling. You tell a story set in a world and you get to tell it how you want. And you're working together with this group of people to tell a story, just like any movie tells a story or any TV show tells a story or even a video game. They all tell stories, right? But you're in a lot more control over over the story in this format.
0: Yeah. So that's, that was the last thing I had on that. I just, uh, that I always think about that a ton. It's cool for me to start after coming back from rehab. I really, uh, I pretty much open about everything I, that happens in my life. <laughs> I'm pretty open with my recovery and I'm pretty open about telling people that I play, um, D and D and slowly seeing like these roommates all playing. <laughs> and then like my family has pretty much accepted that they're going to play D and D when I, when we all get together Nice in the next two months or so. And my brother is, he doesn't want to say it, but I can tell just because you know your family. Like <laughs> yeah. I can tell that he's actually a little bit kind of looking forward to yeah, it to yeah. see what it is because nice. he's heard me talk about it so much. Nice. And so it's just a it's just a cool thing. So I don't need to go on. I don't need to go on any
1: further about it. But um, do um, you? It's definitely a cool experience. Absolutely. It's it's yeah. It's a lot of fun. Do you watch the show Community, or have you heard about it or seen it? Yeah, if
0: you're talking about like that scene
1: that that D and D scene in Community, yeah, I've, I mean
0: I've seen that a bunch of times.
1: Uh, there's, so there's two full episodes where all they do with the whole episode is play D and
0: D. Oh, I didn't know they were. I mm-hmm. I only saw like the one scene from probably the first episode.
1: Oh, when they were creating their characters. Oh yeah. Oh man. So. First of all, you gotta watch Community. It in my that opinion, show's not still happening, is it? No, it's over, but it's on Netflix. It recently okay. got added to Netflix. Oh, got so, it. Yeah,
0: I might watch that because I did enjoy it back in the oh, day. Oh
1: man, I binged the whole thing in about ten days. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was so, <laughs> it's so good. It's hilarious. Easily the hardest I've laughed at a TV show uh, was at Community. The first two. Three seasons of Community. Literally had me rolling on the floor laughing a couple of times. It's yeah. so so hilarious. The one character, we can dive into this later. There's I've got lots of thoughts on this, but uh, the main character, <laughs> Jeff Winger is just... <sighs> Hyper, hyper relatable to me to the point where I had emotional experiences through the character. Where I was, or I felt he
0: was the guy with kind of the shorter hair, right? It's kind of from his perspective, kind of thing, isn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, the tall white guy. Yeah, yeah.
0: See, I haven't seen a lot of Community, and I would agree that he seems really relatable to you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, (laughs) yeah. Uh, So he, Jeff Winger, is the uh, the narcissistic, self-important.
0: He was didn't he like fake like a lawyer's thing, yes. and that's what got him here. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's uh, it's hilarious. Jeff Winger is the most Brian character I've ever seen in any media. <laughs> <laughs> scary, how relatable it was. Not scary, hilarious, eye opening, and awesome. But yeah, watch the show. There's two different D and D episodes, and they're great. You'd love it. Those D&D episodes, they're pretty applicable to what we've been talking about because they kind of the group kind of comes in, especially Jeff, he kind of scoffs at it and laughs at it. At first, but then I mean, he starts to really get into it. Uh, and the group starts to really get into it too. They all kind of start out with, oh, it's nerdy DD, but then they actually start playing it. Something happens in the episode and like the whole group is like suddenly super motivated to like do really good at it. And so they get into it and they have they end up having a lot of fun. And then the second D D episode, a few seasons later, it comes up that somebody plays DD and they get all excited. They're like, Oh man. Let's play with this guy. Like, that just reminded me of those episodes from Community when you are talking about starting the game with your family and your roommates and stuff. Yeah.
0: So for next, for next episode, we
1: have Community to
0: talk about. Oh, uh, so much. We have my experiences. We have my experiences of Final Fantasy. Oh,
1: yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we wasted all this time. All right. All righty. Sounds good. We'll leave it there. Cut.